Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. The word of the Lord from John chapter 8. Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. The year was 1865. The Civil War had been going for four years. But now, it was over. But still, there was work to be done. General Gordon Granger and approximately 2,000 Union troops had one mission to carry out. They marched and made their way to Texas, Galveston Bay, Texas, not for battle, but for a proclamation. You see, truth needed to be shared in one last place so that there would be freedom. On June the 19th, 1865 in Galveston Bay, Texas on Texas soil General Gordon Granger carried out as he stood on Texas soil and read General Order number three the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. That proclamation had been made and signed by President Lincoln some two and a half years previous. The war had ended some two months prior. And yet, the truth had not been proclaimed, at least not to everyone. June 19th has come then to symbolize the final announcement of that era of the freedom that was proclaimed and won for those who were enslaved. Celebrations certainly took place. Texas is some 250,000 slaves were free. Each year, there were celebrations. In 1979, the governor of Texas made Juneteenth a state holiday. And in 2021, it was made a federal holiday. The truth had been proclaimed and there was freedom. You see, the truth must be proclaimed in order for those 
to know and to believe the truth in order to be free. And that is what took place. But it's not that easy. There were those that did not want that message, that truth to be shared. And so great lengths had to be taken so that message would be heard and understood and believed. You see, the application of what took place in the Civil War and following is just another way in which we as Christians can see how our circumstances in a spiritual level play out. Christ has set us free. But if a slave doesn't believe or know the truth, a slave is not free. I'm here to proclaim to you that you have been set free. Paul in the book of Romans lays it out like this. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So why is it that so often we choose not to live as freed people? Perhaps you're familiar with Admiral Jim Stockdale. During the Vietnam War, he was the highest ranking U.S. military officer in what was called the Hanoi Hilton, a prisoner of war camp. And during his eight years, he was tortured repeatedly. He experienced all the deprivations and the horrors of what being a prisoner of war meant in that place. And yet, he survived. He went on to thrive in his life, in his ability to communicate, and in many different ventures, not the least of which was serving as a professor. When asked about how he did it, how he survived, what he said has become known as the Stockdale principle, or I should say the Stockdale paradox. A paradox, two statements that are both true but seem to be in conflict with each other. The Stockdale principle is basically like this. One must have an unwavering faith in the final outcome that one will prevail but at the very same time have the discipline to be able to confront 
the brutal facts of one's reality. You must believe that there will be overcoming and freedom in the end, but in the meantime, to face the brutal facts. Truth must face the brutal facts. When asked who didn't survive, who didn't make it out of the Hanoi Hilton, he responded, those who would say things like, we're going to be out by Christmas. By Christmas, our, we will be set free, we'll be liberated. But when Christmas came and went without freedom, then it was pushed to Easter. But then as Easter came and went, then it was Thanksgiving and so on, year after year, of building up one's hopes without facing the brutal facts that that was not going to be the case. He said those that believed their own reality, they are the ones who died of a broken spirit and heart. You see, if one creates their own truth, that person is not free. That reading from Jeremiah takes quite a bit of backstory, but in short, Jeremiah speaks to this prophet named Hananiah, who had just proclaimed to the people gathered in the temple in Jerusalem after some of their citizens had been carried away in exile, they were prisoners in Babylon. And in that situation, Hananiah, this prophet, so to speak, said, the Lord will deliver us, and in two years, the vessels of this temple will be returned, and all of the exiles with them. Jeremiah responds, Amen. Let it be. I pray that it is. But then he went on to proclaim that those who proclaim peace and an end to war and prisoners and slavery are only sent from God if and when their prophecies come true. Two years came and went, and Hananiah's words were not fulfilled. It would be 70 years before the exiles would be returned. You see, not dealing with the brutal facts is not freedom. That's also what Jesus ran into in our reading from the Gospel of John, where he says to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But in their reality, they said, what are you talking about? 
Why do we need to hear about freedom? Because we are not slaves. Oh, how wrong they were. And how wrong you and I would be to claim that same truth today. Yes, we live in a land of freedom. We have the ability to come and go as we please and to worship the Lord and to exercise our business and pleasure. But yet Jesus says, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Did you realize that? That every time you disobey the Lord, whether it's failing to keep his law, whether it's failing to fulfill the law of love to help and serve our neighbor and the Lord, or whether it's a blatant disregard for our neighbor's well-being or intentional hurt or pride or selfishness, every time we practice sin, it is a reminder to us that we indeed are not free. And those are the brutal facts. You are a sinner. And therefore, you are a slave. We don't like to talk that way. We like to ignore that. We like to create our own reality, our own truth. The good news of smile, God loves you without the word of the law. And yet it's by God's grace that we can have unwavering faith and yet still face the brutal facts. Dear Heavenly Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, is what we can say. But we do so with the unwavering faith in the final outcome. And that brings us to our third and final point, that the truth calls for sacrifice. There was a man by the name of Telemachus. It's kind of an odd name. Maybe that's because he lived some 1,600 years ago. And his story is recorded in history, but some of the details are not clear. Historians will argue and debate. But yet his story is powerful enough and indeed true enough that it has been shared over the centuries in fact, just a week ago, through our Lutheran Hour ministry sermon, his story was referenced. Chuck Colson has referenced it, and even President Ronald Reagan, on two separate occasions at the National Prayer Breakfast back in 1984 and 85, took the opportunity to tell Telemachus's story. He was a monk. He lived in Asia Minor, Turkey, today. He lived in a monastery, an ascetic life of deprivation and piety. And yet it is said that he felt moved by the Spirit of the Lord to go to Rome, the capital 
of the Roman Empire. And while he was there, he felt moved to go to the Colosseum in which there were gladiator fights happening. And he felt moved not only to go in and witness this fight till the death, but he was so moved by the Spirit that he indeed climbed over the wall down into the arena with the gladiators. And in an attempt to stop this bloodshed and this unholy treatment of fellow human beings, he cried out, stop in the name of Christ. Three times at least we're told he cried that. Now whether it was one of the, other, the gladiator contestants who thrust his sword through him, or whether it was the angry crowd who was having their entertainment interrupted, who hurled rocks at him. The bottom line is Telemachus gave his life that day on the arena floor. And when word of this came to the emperor Honorius, he was so moved that he proclaimed Telemachus, one of the great victors of the gladiator games, and from that day forward declared that there would no longer be such games. You see, Telemachus knew the truth, and he was willing to die for it. He was indeed free. And isn't that the case? That someone who is willing to die for the truth is indeed free. I'm sure you've connected the dots. How else could one hear these accounts and these stories without recognizing the sacrificial death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Jesus knew the truth. In fact, he was the truth. He came to proclaim that truth, but he came to sacrifice for that truth. He came to give his life so that others would not be enslaved and be doomed. It is through his life, death, and resurrection that not only has freedom been proclaimed to you, but that freedom has been won, has been fought for, blood has been shed so that you can now live a life of freedom. What an incredible blessing that we have that not only do we live in a free country, but wherever we live, wherever we go, and throughout time, God's people live in true freedom. A freedom that must be proclaimed. A truth that must confront the brutal facts. And a truth that calls for sacrifice. 
So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which guards, may guard your hearts and minds and keep you in the true faith to life everlasting. Amen.